Welcome back to The Vibe, guys. Today's story is one that many of you have asked about, and that is how and why I became a yoga instructor. You know, this story is one that I think many will find not just interesting, but I think a little surprising because I'm going to share a bit of myself that I haven't really shared. And it's not that easy, so please bear with me. So I just want to start off by saying if you are somebody who has ever dealt with any type of, you know, abuse or mistreatment, um, if that's tough for you to listen to, maybe don't listen to this. I'm not going to go crazy on it, but I'm just forewarning. And I also really want to say that When I tell my story, this is just my story, and there are many people who I'm sure have very similar stories, but this is just my story, so there are a lot of ups and downs and turnarounds and a lot of things here, a lot to unpack, and I'm not sure how it's all going to go down, but with that, I really want you to bear with me and know that this isn't that easy, and with that being said, I hope that I'm able to enlighten somebody to share their story. So yoga. I am going to start off with my childhood. I'm not going to go so deep into it, but I think that that is really where all of this begins. And so growing up, I grew up with my mom and my sister and my father, as many of you know, passed away when I was 10, 11 years old. And when my father passed away, nothing was ever the same. Just nothing was the same. Um, I'm not going to mention this family member, but a certain family member really mistreated me and really abused me ever since my father died. They felt that that was okay for them. Um, you know, I still don't have a pure reasoning of why this went on, but it went on most of my life. And I didn't know who I was. I literally, from the age of 11 on, was whoever anyone wanted me to be. Whatever perfect specimen you wanted me to be, I would be that as long as it meant that I wouldn't get hurt or that I wouldn't get abused by this person. And it was a really tough road because it didn't matter how perfect, how good at at dancing, how good at anything I was, how it didn't matter. I was literally going to get the brink of just if if this person had a bad day I was just gonna get it and it was a frightening time in my life and even more frightening because I didn't really have support and you know no person is to blame no person is you know held fully responsible obviously many people in this are probably going to be like people are held responsible but you know during this time A lot of things were hidden and maybe not in plain sight. And it was a really tough, tough time. It was a really, it was a lot. And, you know, being 11 to 16, having this go on is a really tough timing of your life. You're starting your sexual exploration. You're starting to figure out what trust really means. And it was really, really tough for me. And I'm going to give you a story because... I don't really know how else to tell this story without it. I one day was with 
my friends and I was always a sober driver. I'm like, my birthday's in November. I'm always, I just was always the driver. I'm not a big drinker, never was. And actually that's a huge lie. I was in college, but in high school I never was. And I came home and all my friends were wasted and I drove them home and I wasn't. And this person, (laughs) this person threw me against a wall. My back was literally bruised. Nobody did anything. Nobody called for help. I didn't even call for help because I was too scared of this person. And I think my friends were too scared of this person. And it was a really scary time. And safe to say, my relationship with my mom wasn't amazing. And it is now. It's a lot better than it was. But that is just like one preface to that. The next story to that is I had a moment where I was in public and this person was there and they abused me in public and nobody, not one person, not one human being did or said or called anybody. And I was 16 years old. So as you can imagine, I didn't fucking trust a soul because to see a five foot girl just I I don't have words for it. I never will have words for it. I'll never have a justification for it. So that happened. After that, that was, I was 16 years old. I started working when I was 15. I literally only went to school, was in every club, danced my entire life, was part of, if I could play lacrosse, I wanted to be part of any, anything that meant being away from home was my savior. So the second that I could get a job, I did. Drake Tavern, what up? I The second I could become a waitress and make tips, I was on it. And I literally went to school and would leave school early to go to work, to work from 2 p.m. to 1 a.m. every single day. Like every single day. Like I was one of the best waitresses. I had saved so much money. I. It was the first time I felt my confidence growing back. So fast forward, I get to college, I go to the University of Arizona, I'm like, oh my god, this, this trauma is like gonna, it's, it's gonna leave me, it's, it's, it's gone, it's gone, it's not like appearing in my life, and one day, I get a package, and it's a really big package, so I was really excited, because there was no, um, I couldn't see who it was coming from, so I was like, oh my god, it's obviously a friend or something exciting, and I am with I'm with my two best friends at the time and I'm like oh my god let's open this together I'm so excited and I open it and it's a huge portfolio and I remember looking at my friend being like this is not gonna be good and we open it and it's literally a portfolio of giant photos of just me just me creepy as fuck and then in the back an apology note which was like I don't even know like 10 pages I just remember being like like taking a picture of it really quickly, taking a picture of the letter, sending it over to my mom and saying, who the fuck sent my college address to this human being? Like, I had been so far removed. Nobody, maybe this person knew I went to school in Arizona, but they did not know where I lived or my exact address. So I literally hounded every single human in my family and my of my friends, of anybody. And the hardest part was nobody wanted to fess up. 
not one human being. I didn't trust anyone. I remember that was the summer of, I don't think I was ever angrier in my entire life. I was never so, I was so angry at every single person. And then I remember we had to go to therapy and I found out who told and it was a really rough, another really rough moment for me. Um, And another moment where I wondered to myself, why me? Like, why are you doing this to me? Why would you want that person to apologize when I don't want that from them? I don't, I don't want, I want them out of my fucking life. Like, that's all I wanted. So, safe to say, I didn't trust anyone. And then when I found out, I had a really big moment of trust issues. I just didn't, I just felt that I couldn't tell anyone anything really serious because I was just really afraid. I I truly didn't trust anyone. So fast forward, I graduate from University of Arizona. I moved to Los Angeles. I love Los Angeles. But after three years, I realized like, I'm not really, this isn't the place for me forever. It's just not. And it took deep soul searching. And I didn't know where I'd want to go or what I'd want to do. I'd worked in entertainment for so long. And I... I just, I, I, my lease was up and I hadn't been feeling good inside. I knew that something was eating away at me and I needed to figure it out. So once the lease was up, I actually decided to move back to Philly to kind of reground myself. And I already had worked for a mortgage firm there. And although that's not what I did or was doing ever, my mother worked in real estate So when I was younger, I would always help her friends out with deeds and whatnot. I know this is, I'm just full of secrets. Um, But I went back and worked for the mortgage company to help people get their loans. And I, I, at the time, was living at home for about three months. And I have always practiced yoga since I was about 16 years old. And I went back to my suburban yoga studio. So this is what leads me to my big story. So I, one day after work, I finished work around six, I um, went home, changed into my yoga clothes. I'd just gotten a new car. And the only reason I say this is because nobody in back in my area would even know who I was or where I was because I didn't even have the same vehicle that I had. Like I, it was just, I was an, I was a new fresh soul there. So I go, to, I get to my yoga studio and I'm, it's suburban yoga studio. And, you know, in a suburban yoga studio, it, it, it's a blessing if there's more than 10 people in a class. So in this class, it was a Wednesday night and usually on a Wednesday night, there's no more than like five people at this class. So I always left my phone in my car because the, the class is very small and the room is small and I, there's no reason to have my phone. So I walk into I walk out of my car, lock the car, and I'm walking towards the studio, and I hear somebody say, Alexa, which is obviously my name, so I turn around, and I look, and I don't recognize anyone, and so I go forward, and I'm just going forward, and they go, Alexa Ray, and that's my middle name, and I just, I turned around, and I, like, literally squint, and I have great vision, and I squinted, and I look, and it was the person who had abused me for so many years, and I froze. I literally froze so hard. Every part of my body, I, I remember I, I I dropped my car keys that had, like, a, I got, like, a cool keychain that, like, made an extra sound, 
and there was a man behind me and I'm telling you no one besides women ever went to this yoga studio it was a guy who was about six five and very muscular and I would say in his 50s and he looked at me and said is everything okay and I said no absolutely not and he said do you know who that person is and I said no I don't know who they are I have no idea at this point the guy noticed that I was so nervous and that I I I I literally was like I was shaking every part of me was shaking like to to near death and he literally put his he put his whole body and arms like in front of me so so this person couldn't get near me and the person kept saying I know who that is I know who that is stop hiding and the guy called the police and the other person, my perpetrator, ran off like the coward that they are. And this guy saved my life. Like, straight up, he saved my life. I don't have words. I was in a parking lot. This person who had hurt me my whole life absolutely would have taken this moment to, I don't know, like, uh, abuse me in a parking lot and leave me stranded. I don't know. But that's the type of person that this person was. So, safe to say, I... I I called my mom. I couldn't even drive home. I I was close enough though that she could come get me and I we just had a moment where we both cried and sat there and the truth of the matter was that I wasn't safe. I wasn't going to be safe and my my next big move was to go to the court system and get a protection from abuse, which is a PFA, protection from abuse. And what that entails is you tell, you write out to the court system, you go to court and you write, you fill out an entire, I would say it's like a a nice little pamphlet of stories of what this person has done to you. And it's, it's grueling. Like, it's like, I probably wrote for two hours and then handed it in. And then you have to wait and sit there and wait for however long and I stayed till about 5 p.m. And I remember them calling my name and saying that it was rejected. And that is just fucking absurd. And I just want to put out there that this was, um, I'm going to be 30. And I did this when I was 24. So six years. This is six years ago. And I just want to say how fucked up I think that the, that the system is that, you know, uh, a girl who is telling you about the abuse that she's faced and, you know, has somebody continuing to stalk her and you're not going to grant them that opportunity to just feel safe and to know that if they ever come near them, that they, all they can do is just call the police and that person will, will not be able to do anything or they will get arrested because they're violating was heartbreaking, like heartbreaking. I remember reaching out to a few friends who had parents who worked in the judicial system. And I was like, what can I do? This is, this isn't right. Like this isn't okay. And safe to say every single person and their parents were like, it's not right. And it's not safe and it's not fair. And if there was anything we could do, we would do it. But I got rejected and getting rejected from just wanting to be protected was the hardest thing I've ever had to deal with. And this is also a place where I think people forget that the police is very corrupt and they follow very powerful people. And not to say that the person who was hurting me was powerful, but 
police get coerced into things. And in this situation, I feel that that happened to me. It's really tough for me to talk about. So I got rejected and absolutely should not have happened. I should have gotten it. I should have gotten a restraining order. I should have had everything handed to me, but I didn't. And that left my mother and I very scared, really, really, really scared. And I didn't know what to do. I didn't know where to go. All I knew was that I wasn't going back to work and I wasn't going to the yoga studio and I didn't feel comfy at home. So I knew I always loved yoga and I thought, what can I do to be productive? And what can I do to be productive and heal myself from this trauma that continues to come back into my life in high school and college in my years of being mid-20s I it was just too much I felt I, I I felt like I could never move forward so I thought to myself Lex you've always been really good at yoga you love talking to people maybe this is your chance to try that out in your world So I needed to find, my big thing was that I needed to leave. I needed to get out of Philadelphia. I needed to leave. I needed to go. So, and I wanted to get far, far away. To give my mom the opportunity to figure some things out and to give myself the freedom to know that I would be safe wherever I was, that no one would know. And so I was looking up yoga um, teacher trainings in Bali, in Fiji, in anywhere no places started though within that week which is what I needed and I found one that started thank you Nadia um um in Maui it started in it was funny the day that I googled it which was on a Thursday everything happened on a Wednesday I googled it on a Thursday night after my rejection of my PFA and I found a place in Maui that was starting their teacher training that Friday so I wouldn't be able to make it for the first day so I emailed this woman Nadia and kind of expressed to her what had happened to me and she was like absolutely come you can be a day or two late no problem nope no issue and I literally not kidding packed my Lululemon backpack my yoga mat my favorite Poshpua bathing suits yoga clothes, called it a day, and I moved to Hawaii and lived barefoot in the beaches of Paia and loved every second of it. The road to Hana, I mean, I lived the most simplistic lifestyle and I healed. I was there for a month and a half and I felt so good at the end of it. Every day was um, yoga teacher training from 7 a.m., Uh, to about 5 p.m. and the only days we had off were Sundays you could obviously still go if you wanted to on a Sunday but I was I felt so good again I felt so light and I felt so healthy and I felt so confident which is something I hadn't felt in so many years and especially after what had just happened confidence was something I was clearly lacking so I finished my teacher training and I'm still in Hawaii and my mother is like, what's next? Are you going to move to Japan? And I was like, yeah, actually, I'd, I'd love to move to Japan. And she was like, absolutely not. And she was like, Lex, can you please give New York a try? And I was like, no. And she was like, Alexa, I am begging you, please give New York a try. 
I really want you to be close to me, but I know you don't want to be in Philly, and I don't you I know you don't want to be in New York, and you don't want to be in Florida, and I, I was just being a brat, honestly. I just didn't. Honestly, I wasn't a brat. I take that back. I just didn't know what to do. I really didn't know what to do. So I said, you know what? I talked to a friend of mine, Pamela. <laughs> Hi, Pamela. And I decided, you know what? I'm going to give New York a try. Her and her husband, Ryan, found you know, help me find apartments until I found the perfect little one that Prince Street, 159 Prince Street, you are forever and will be forever a staple in this universe. Um, Whoever lives there now, I hope you've loved the past year of living there. Um, And so I moved to New York and, you know, I really found myself comfortable and made my own friends and You know, my first year in, I was founded by Adidas and worked for them for a year and was just yoga modeling and had all of these opportunities that I never had before. And I was like, wow, the world is really aligning with me right now. And it's like such a beautiful thing. And I was so excited about it. And later on, after the Adidas, you know, that that contract ended, I moved onward to continue to work with brands like Free People and Under Armour and um, it was just a moment where I realized the opportunities are just here for me and I need to be open to them and in that in all of this pain that I had felt something magical happened and that was that I had been teaching yoga at this studio and I'm not going to say exactly where But I was teaching at a studio and I ran into an old college friend and he was like, oh my God, did you, did you like, you moved to New York city? And I was like, yeah, I've been teaching yoga here for the past year. And you know, I, I, it was really, really nice to see them again. And you know, after a few classes, he was like, have you spoken to my brother? And I was like, no, I haven't. Like, I don't think he actually knows I'm back here. I like, you know, I didn't make a big fuss about it, whatever. And he was like, you should really like, I'm going to make sure he reaches out to you. And the brother is Justin Boomer, for many of you, as you know, and um, Boomer didn't reach out to me. And his brother was really pissed off. J. Kel, you are the best. And uh, really funny, long story short, one day, one morning, I am walking down the street, Fifth Avenue, and it's super early, I just finished teaching, many people are going to work, and Boomer, who had not wanted to go out with me because of whatever reason, I run into him, and, you know, honestly, since then, we just couldn't get enough of each other but just in a friend sense it was really nice to see each other went to many lunches and whatnot and why why i want to mention this correlation is this the most painful experience in my life ever like literally figuratively mentally led me to the most loving human i know and will ever meet and that is boomer so i'm thankful every day to Jared, J. Cal, Justin's brother, for getting us back in touch. And I'm not grateful for the pain that I ever felt, but I am grateful that I've felt such pain that I know what deep love feels like. And in this, I want anyone who has ever suffered or is suffering 
to know that one, you do have the choice and you can make that choice to make your life a little bit better. And it's not going to be easy and it's not a pretty picture always all the time. And, you know, a part of me saying the pretty picture is I think people look at my Instagram and they think, wow, she's so this, she's so that she, you know, people make assumptions, but you never really know what somebody went through or what led them to somebody. And, you know, whenever I think about And this is what I'm going to leave it at. Whenever I think about how I ended up in this yoga path and career and how I've ended up being, you know, I'm, I'm nobody yet, but I would like to think I've become pretty successful. And in all of this pain, I found the love of my life. And I don't know that had I ever not experienced that pain, I would have ever been trace back to Boomer and you know Boomer and I went to college together and we loved each other in college so much but it was just never gonna romantically work out for us and it was just so I could like I cry every time I think about the fact that yoga relates to the love of my life that it's just it was truly serendipitous that the most awful thing in the world led to the most beautiful thing in the world for me and for me I will never, ever, ever be okay with the injustices faced in the world. I will never look at the court system in any way. I will always understand people who feel that they have been wronged by the police. I am somebody who feels that way too. I'm someone who feels they were not heard. But as I've gotten older, I'm going to be 30 in a couple of months. And now that I've been with somebody for four years who has taken me for who I am, it is so possible to love yourself again. And I didn't think I could ever love myself ever again. I didn't think somebody could ever love me again. I just never thought I could ever be back in that space where I was lovable. And, you know, that's kind of where I'm going to end this is that I am so grateful to every experience that I've had in my life. But the biggest one that I have to say is yoga because yoga taught me to work through many problems and work through the pain and it's constantly teaching me that this is is a practice of life and it's constantly teaching me that it's not just about one thing it's about it's about how one thing you do is how you do everything and I have really become somebody who I may not have 60 best friends but I have 10 who I love and hold dearly I may not Some people may think I'm super outgoing or whatnot, but at one point in my life, I was an introvert. I was scared. I was scared of life. And now I live my life. Sure, I have moments, just as any human does, of having fear or being fear-based or having paranoia. But what I've learned is that when you let go and let love in, life is just so much easier and better and Every day is still a work in progress. I mean, I am, I'll be honest with everyone. I am in, I've been in therapy for six years. I still do CBT, cognitive behavioral therapy. I am constantly working on myself for, not just for myself, but those around me. Because trauma doesn't just affect just me. I know it affects the people around me. And as long as I'm self-aware enough to know that and recognize that, I know that I'm doing the right thing. So, you know, my path to yoga was one that really, you know, I feel like a lot of people whenever they hear, oh, you went to Hawaii. It's the most quintessential yoga story. Yeah, 
I agree with you, but this was me letting you know the inner workings of what really led me to become a yoga instructor. And honestly, many people always say, you should be a therapist, you should do this. And I'm telling you, I would love to tell you my entire life story. I really deeply would. But the reason I can't be a therapist is because I have found such a love for human and human nature and humankind that at this point I do it because I talk to people because I love it I don't want to do it as a job I love movement and body and healing and I think that that is where I belong and maybe one day along the road I will go deeper into my studies but right now I have found myself in such a healthy place I feel so healthy in my body in my in my mind in where I am in my relationship And I hope that in me sharing this, that maybe you can find a little light in that darkness to see that people can get out of it and people can find their way out. And in that, you can find love. And like, that was the most incredible thing that I found. So whenever I talk about pain, I always have to talk about love because at the end of the day, like I said multiple times, the most painful thing in my life led to the most wonderful thing in my life, which is love and boomer and that's where I'm gonna leave this right now because I don't want to get emotional I want to leave it on a good note because we're all capable of positive change as long as you're willing to do the work and the work is beautiful work if you're willing to do it so I hope you guys enjoyed this story it's really a vulnerable tough one for me to say but I love everyone I love my family not everyone's perfect and I hope You understand that by listening to this, that not everybody from what you see on the outside is what you get. And I hope by giving you a little insight of my own life, we can connect more. That's what this is for. So thanks for vibing out with me and listening to why I have continued to start the vibe and the vibes that I try to create in my life, which are only positive ones. So thank you again for listening and I really hope you enjoyed my journey to yoga. Have a beautiful day, guys. Namaste.